0: hello my name is mark iskowitz i'm editor-at-large for mmm and i'm super excited to be part of today's sponsored podcast with walters cluer Here with me today is Mike Andrews, Vice President of Sales, to talk about medical podcasts for the first of a two-part exploration on these. And uh, from general industry news to school lectures and CME programs, podcasts have risen in popularity in the medical field over the past 20 years. They appear to have become a promising adjunct to traditional approaches to physician outreach, especially considering the pandemic. And marketers have started to catch on to this trend, so we'll talk more about it. Hey, Mike, great to have you here. Great Great to be here, Mark. Super. Uh, you, you know, when we talk about podcasts, Mike, it's no surprise that their appeal crosses over to physicians. After all, they're consumers too. I thought maybe we could just start by level setting. Have you seen HCP's use of and reliance on podcasts accelerate during the course of the pandemic? And do you have any any stats on that? Absolutely.
1: I mean, we've seen our Neurology Minute go up to 60,000 neurologists um, listening every single week. And then we also have our Plastic Reconstructive Surgery Global Open Keynotes, if you can uh, handle that mouthful. It's up 264% in terms of its listenership. So it is hugely a big part of our growth strategy in terms of deeply engaging physicians at Walters Clure.
0: Those are some eye-popping numbers indeed. The, f- the first rule of media strategists is perhaps go where the eyeballs are, or in this case, the ears, right? So their popularity among doctors means podcasts are a relevant channel for marketers to ensure that their messages reach HCP audiences. Can you talk about why marketers are more interested in podcasts? You know, I've been thinking about this a lot and
1: I, you know, I think about all the different ways things have changed. I feel like we're in the middle of a change right now with the pandemic, but if you think about going, I'm a, I'm a history buff. So if you think about going back to like the industrial revolution, you know, that led to newsprint and, and magazine journalism and eventually to radio and TV and other uh, ways that we typically c- consume content. And as we've gone through the digital revolution, The desire to consume content, quality, high-quality content has not changed. And the storytelling that's allowed in an audio venue really brings to life some of the the learning that you get out of it. It has become incredibly popular with regular, everyday people. Um, we're seeing uh, monthly podcast listenership up 96% across the general market. And it's even more dramatic within the HCP space. And so people go where people are, Uh, the advertisers will follow. And what I've also seen change specifically during the pandemic is that this idea of just doing awareness advertising is waning a little bit. And the idea of doing Deep education advertising is on the uprise. So, podcasts are a great way to do deep storytelling. You know, the more engaging you have a physician leaning forward and listening, the more likely they're to consider changing their practice behavior and, and prescribing differently.
0: Absolutely. And marketers in the medical field are always looking for ways to educate doctors to bring things to their attention that could be potentially practice changing. Are we seeing marketers incorporating podcasts into their media plans?
1: Yeah, I would say um, we're in the midst of the busiest season of the year. It is RFP season in Q4. And I would say almost every major agency, when they're sending out a digital RFP, you're seeing podcasts uh, uh, listed as a desired venue or even as an asset that a a manufacturer or med device company has in their arsenal. And so, you know, they're looking to sponsor podcasts. They have podcasts they want people to listen to. um, And it's very much now, especially going into 2022, a standard that we're seeing across the board.
0: Great, and so you, your advertisers include pharma and med device. Are they doing it as kind of like a pre-roll or a mid-roll kind of a of a ad buy? Yeah, I think there's a lot of um, different
1: expectations. You know, we work with um, the medical societies, and the, you know, they they're very um, hesitant. Um, is a good word to have any any idea that there'd be any influence on the content they're creating. And so we have a lot of post-roll and mid-roll. We don't have a lot of pre-roll because we don't want the listener to, at the beginning, think that this is from the manufacturer. And that's actually good for the manufacturer too. They don't want to be perceived in the marketplace as influencing the the scientific achievements that that they are conducting. And so it actually is good that it is uh mid-roll and post-roll. And as we all know, me being a podcast listener myself, that you're usually doing the dishes, you know, or driving in a car, you know, so, so you're doing your everyday life while you're listening or say you're a doctor and you're entering in all of those lovely notes for your patients in your laptop, um, while you're listening to the podcast, you're not stopping and starting, it's playing and you're listening. You're not actively picking and choosing what you're doing as you would, say, as you surf through a website. And so the, the attention is there.
0: Right. It's a more linear um, experience. You can't just kind of start and stop uh, like you would, say, if you're watching TV on, on, a, on a DVR or something. And I would imagine, you know, with a with number of podcast hosting and distribution services uh, offering, say, you know excess inventory for podcasts that's, that 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 use those services that programmatic buys are becoming more common too
1: uh yeah i mean not as much in the audio space you absolutely can buy audio post roll mid roll pre roll in in the consumer space it's very hard to do it in the hcp space cuz the inventory is not there and the reason why the inventory isn't there is because as soon as we launch a podcast we tend to get a sponsor someone who wants a hundred percent share of voice of that podcast. And so, you know, until we get either inventory that matches the demand, we're going to be selling direct for sure.
0: Okay. Now you mentioned earlier in the conversation that this, this channel, this tool lends itself well to deep physician education. Can you talk a little bit more about what we're seeing in terms of podcast use among HCPs?
1: Sure. I said before, we are seeing, you know, over 200% growth in our listenership across the podcast that we touch. We've actually have a whole division called Audio Digest devoted to developing podcasts. And w- what I think in this space is, is really interesting is that it's not just patient stories or here are the clinical achievements, um, here are the articles written this given month in a particular journal, but it is, it is sort of, hitting on that more storytelling aspect and that educational aspect. And so a lot of our podcasts actually are for CME credit, um, which is unique for sure. Continuum is a CME uh, journal and we have a CME podcast associated with it. And if I'm a doctor and I am overwhelmed with the amount of information coming at me every day, especially during the pandemic, what I want is someone to help me synthesize that information To be able to ingest it easily and comprehensively. And listening to content, you absorb it more than just reading it. Um, So it's a great way for physicians to comb through and ingest content in an easy way.
0: And and we know that doctors have a hard time keeping up with the medical literature. So, probably anything that facilitates their ability to keep up is, is welcome. And how has the pandemic kind of affected this trend? So we're seeing like with general market,
1: we're seeing this trend uh, of podcast consumption grow dramatically, definitely in the HCP space. And I think if we think about how doctors are are coping right now with, with the pandemic, they don't necessarily have the bandwidth to sit down and read the way that they used to. They are, in many cases, seeing more patients now than they ever have seen before. And if you think about it, the early stages of the pandemic, there was, um, first, all the elective surgeries weren't being performed. And so doctors were actually spending more time reading and consuming content, whether it was podcasts through the journal itself or or online. We saw an increase of of traffic to peer-reviewed content um, on our sites grow by 10%. But I think the podcasts are here to stay because of the pandemic as people have become way more familiar with this format and it's become part of their commutes. It becomes part of their their, their every day. And so the, the pandemic has definitely increased uh, usage and accelerated um, usage in, in a way that it wouldn't have happened if the pandemic hadn't happened.
0: Right. It was that big kind of event that that sort of just changed our consumer Consumption patterns uh, for, for forever, perhaps. Yeah. Um, now, is it, is it just doctors, or, or are you seeing other kinds of HCPs All uh, as well. Just, yeah, absolutely.
1: And and I think also maybe we've been seeing a little bit more of an increase in our uh, listenership because of our trust and credibility. And if you have, if you remember the pandemic really kind of tarnished um, institutions like the CDC and the NIH at the beginning. People were confused. Doctors were getting frustrated with the messages that were coming out of those institutions. And because we have peer-reviewed content, because we are building podcasts attached to these respected societies like the AN, AHA, you know, we have have a, a ton of relationships with the most prestigious medical organizations. Physicians are trusting the content we're producing. And so if they want to cut through the din of medical journalism and figure out what is the most accurate messages that are out there, the most accurate science and research that is out there, we are a safe place to turn, for sure.
0: Sure. There's certainly been a lot of uh, misinformation, conflicting information out there. And so anything that is, you know, as you say, peer-reviewed content is, is, is trustworthy, I'm sure, is, is, is welcome by the audience does, does the appeal go uh, beyond that? I, I'd like to you know kind of switch gears uh, for a second and, and focus a little bit on the content. Um, you know, Doctors, as we know, are suffering from a lot of burnout. Burnout was rampant, of course, before the pandemic, but the pandemic just kind of exa- exacerbated that. Do you find that your content really is, is mostly still all about clinical achievements and patient stories, or are you doing more things to address or take into account Physicians' mental state?
1: You know, we're not having podcasts specifically on being a doctor. We are keeping our our focus on clinical achievements, research, science. science. And part of it is because I think physicians are a bit burned out in terms of the amount of medical journalism that is out there, especially during the pandemic, and you can't read everything. And so if you can listen to a podcast, and it's not more of a stress reliever than an obligation. You're going to, as an HCP, enjoy the experience. Um, and we're even seeing the format of podcasts change as we've gone on. It started off as well, let's just read the articles into a microphone and, and hope that the doctors uh, want to hear them, sort of like an audiobook style. And, and now we're realizing that, you know, that isn't the most compelling. Actually, we want, Um, someone to bring the research to life in a more dynamic way. And and doctors are definitely responding to that or offering CME credit. I mean, like talk about something a doctor would want to do because they get something tangible at the end of it.
0: Right. So, so your Walters Clover strategy is, if we can make this process most efficient for doctors, we can bring the content to life in, in the way we present it. And we can offer them something they need, which is CME credits at the end of the day, then that is going to kind of make their day just a little bit easier so to speak yeah
1: point. absolutely and if you think also about the fact that we have millennial doctors turning 40 and they are consuming content dramatically differently than you know the KOLs who are in their you know late 60s early 70s uh, who are paying more attention to who got you know published in a particular journal while you know the the younger doctor might be following a physician on twitter And that's how they're keeping up to date. And if they're following a physician on Twitter and they are moderating a podcast, you know, that's the sort of content they may be consuming. And so these generational trends in content consumption, that doesn't change the value of peer-reviewed research. That is still the gold standard of content that can change practice behavior. We're just looking at the best way to reach as many doctors as possible and engage with them in, in those formats. And podcast seems to be what the doctors want.
0: So interesting comments there about uh, generational trends uh, in, in content consumption. Obviously, podcasts are more appealing uh, depending on the demographics that you're uh, targeting in your audience. Can you talk a little bit about why podcasts are appealing to, to those producing them? From the outset, I think, you know,
1: you have to think about the the costs associated with your business. And podcasts are actually very low cost to produce. And on top of that, we have uh, a wealth of content we're publishing every single month across all of the journals that we have. And so we don't have a lack of topics. And so we have a low cost model with tons of content to discuss, ready to go. And on top of that, from the production standpoint, if we we say we want to do a project that's not on COVID. People are raising their hands to do it. Um, there's so much being done in and around COVID that if you're talking about producing a podcast on, say, multiple sclerosis or um, breast cancer, you know, people are interested in in producing that sort of work. And so we have um, a team of people very interested in producing these, and it's efficient. And in, in my previous career, I, you know. I've worked on medical animations. I've worked on video series. I've worked on patient simulations. All of these things provide a a lot of education to HCPs, but they're very expensive to produce. If you want to educate physicians as quickly as possible with amazing peer-reviewed content, podcasts are actually a great distribution model.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. So it helps you leverage your existing content to a greater extent, you know, if if you're a publisher like Walters Kluwer. Now, Obviously, you've been on the publisher side for a long time, Mike. What's the uh, specific appeal to marketers? I think the first thing
1: is that awareness isn't everything anymore. You know, when, when uh, uh, a drug gets assigned some crazy name, um, you do have to do an awareness play to make sure that everyone knows the name of the, the medication and all the different indications that come out. Th- that being said... Deep education, thought leadership, and um, reputation building, these are the new KPIs. With COVID, you can say the name of your, your brand over and over and over again, and it still might not cut through the den. And if you actually want people to know what your product does, and you want them to know that it is important, you have to hit physician physicians as they're leaning in, as they're leaning forward. Um, and so there is banner fatigue. Physicians are educated people who distrust advertisements on pages. Now, I don't want to say people stop doing your display ads. I, I think display has a place in the media mix, but there is a place in the media mix. Um, and 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 this is what is appealing to marketers is that when someone's listening to a podcast, they are deeply engaged. Often when they're listening to a podcast, they've raised their hand to, to receive, to listen to from a place like the AAN or from Walter's uh numerous other uh, societies and partners, you know, in those scenarios, the physicians are looking to change their practice behavior. They're looking to get better patient outcomes. They are looking to improve their practice. And so when someone's leaning in in that way, that's the right time to message to them. And so I think that's why podcasts really are a great part of, of the media mix.
0: Yeah, um, I remember listening into or sitting in rather to a CME um, live presentation, and there was a somebody from the CME company in the audience also monitoring the physician at the lectern, making sure that they weren't using the brand name. You, mm-hmm. you were only allowed to use the chemical name, and that was um, a condition of the fact that it was an accredited. Uh, uh, organization um, and a certified CME activity. So your comments about how reputation building is the new KPI, not necessarily hitting hammering home the brand name are really, really interesting. How do um, marketers, you know, I'm sorry, you want to comment on Uh, I
1: was going to say unbranded,
0: unbranded marketing
1: is very important because of the pandemic, medical journalism be common conversation over the dinner table um, with, amongst friends. People are talking about the pharmaceutical industry, talking about the med device industry, talking about health in general in a, in a much bigger way. It's just critical that, that the right conversations are being had. And so pharma is deciding, oh, maybe we need to have unbranded education about particular topics to set the record straight. And we can't set the record straight with our name attached to it because they're going to think it's biased. And so if they want to have a conversation on a topic and raise the sort of intellectual bar of what's being discussed, podcasts are a great way to do it, roundtables, all of these things are deep education, very important to changing the conversation.
0: Great comments. So tell me, what are your keys for how marketers can choose the type of podcast they should sponsor?
1: I think you really have to think about the brand halo effect of where you are adjacent to as an advertiser. I think that obviously um, I, I'm, I'm part of Walter's Clore. We work with the nonprofit societies. We are publishing peer reviewed content and um, when physicians are listening to our content or or heaven forbid reading it, but listening to our content, um, they feel that is trusted and credible um, and respected. And so when there are now a ton of different podcasts you could sponsor, I definitely think you know, is the physician trusting the content? Is there a halo associated with the podcast? Who's the KOL that's going to be uh, moderating the podcast? All of those things come into play when you figure, figure out where you want to sponsor. Um, when we produce
0: them, those are the things we look at too. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, so tell me, Mike, what's, what's the bottom line here? You have a channel whose relevance from everything you said is undisputed. You have a wealth of different podcasts and content that's offering CME, that's offering um, you know uh, topics of clinical significance. What, what do you want to leave our listeners of this podcast with uh, at the end of the day? I personally believe that our mobile phones are becoming
1: an intimate part of how we define ourselves. I think if we look back to the 90s, people define themselves by what magazines they subscribe to in the mail um, or what TV shows that they're watching. Now it's what you have in those headphones in your ears as touch your phone. And I think podcasts are a great way for HCP marketers to think about, OK, while a physician is doing the dishes and they're listening to a podcast, don't I want to be there? while a physician is entering in all those lovely codes for all of those prescriptions into the databases. Um, you know, Don't you want to be there in their ear while they're doing it? Um, and I think that this is a piece of the, the media plan that is not going to go away anytime soon. Um, and I think it's a piece of the media plan that can do a lot of heavy lifting for a marketer.
0: Yeah. We're when they're behind on their EMRs and they're catching up in the evening. That's one. Of yeah, the exactly. Things. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that, that was great. Well, this is, this is a two-part podcast series. So Mike, you were terrific on this one. So I just invite everybody out there to stay tuned for part two, which is coming up later this month. And those who have any questions uh, about today's podcast can email marketing solutions at walterscluwer.com T- to that end, Mike, I hope, you know, we can have another conversation as this, marketing channel matures in healthcare even further. I would love that. Super. Okay. That was Mike Andrews of Walters Kluwer and it was a terrific conversation. Many thanks for listening. Come back soon for another one. This is Mark Iskowitz for the MMM Podcast. Take care, everybody.